Welcome back to Beer in the Eye, the podcast where we pour beer in our eyes. How you doing, Ted? Yeah, you're looking a little, little, little red around the eye there. I'm, I'm a little confused. I didn't quite know what we were going to be doing. Um, we, this, we keep pouring. You keep pouring your beer in my eye. What? It's, it's, it's the name of the show. Beer in your eye. Right. I kind of thought that was going to be like a pun or something. I don't know. Well, it's more like a fun. <laughs> uh, I th- I well, thought I we might drink the beer. Well, you know, there's nothing. It's all about the angle because you can sluice it right, you know, in your eye, back down the nostril, right in your mouth. It t- takes a little practice. Don't don't feel self conscious about it, Johnny. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to sluice the beer from my eye into my mouth. You, you know, I you, you I've heard so many uh, newbies say the same thing, and uh, you know, it, it's like it's like riding a bicycle. You know, you never think you can keep it upright until one day you do. Same thing with that uh, nostril sluice. It's it's a uh, it, it it it's not as hard as it looks. It just feels hard when you're thinking too hard about it. Can I, can um, you, instead of you holding me down and pouring it into my eye, can I at least try it? myself this time with well, a little you know we, we, we can give control. it a shot but uh the, the thing my concern is you're you're what uh we call in the uh the the sluicing hobby uh, a twitcher now i i understand you you want to do it yourself but uh but you really got an involuntary thing going on there you're, you're not you haven't found your center as as they say in the uh you know uh, you know, Eastern. I'd really like to try it myself. I mean, we, I, I'm assuming we can stop when the, all this this whole twelve pack is gone. Oh well, is you that know right? that, that that'll that that's yes. We'll, we'll be done with the first course. Okay. Well, point, let me sure. let me take a couple and let me see if I can. Okay. Well, you I know, know give it a go. I don't want to. I don't want to okay. shut you down. Let's. Because uh... it really hurt when you were doing it. Well, you know, it's it's a good hurt though. You know, it's it's, it's part of the bouquet. It's 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 part of the you know it, it, it's sort of an ocular. Uh, mouth feel, if you will, an eye feel is, huh. is a big part of it. You know, it's, it's an acquired taste. It's, it's like it's like coffee. It's like whiskey. You know, you have, you have to spend a little time with it. Really get to know it. I, uh, I definitely get the eye feel part of it because I have a lot of bad feelings in my eyes. Behind, okay, let me. Okay, I'm gonna. Are you? Do you have to watch while I do it? Oh, you know, that's it's part of the pleasure of the okay. process. Um. It, <clears throat> God, God, fucking Christ, Jesus! Now, now there should be a real. There's, oh, a, there's a sort of like fuck. hoppiness there. A real, oh, God, uh, sort it's of worse like, than like, last time. Uh, Jesus, you're you're blinking in a way that suggests oh. that you're really sensing the the malt profile. And that's that's Christ. a good sign. That's a good sign. Oh, uh, God. Now I'd like to I'd, li- I'd like to move on next. Uh, <laughs> we've got a we've got a nice doppelbock here, uh-huh. uh, or a, as I like to call it, a, a doppelock. Uh, you know, a little little ocular humor there, um, but right. uh, but we're actually out of time here. I can't so see I'll tell you what, anything. we're gonna we're, we're gonna pick this up uh, uh, next week. Uh, in the meantime, next up, I think we've got the crapshoot coming up. There's uh, nothing. I can't even see who's talking right now. Oh, it's uh, that's that's a perfectly normal part of the tasting process. Uh, enjoy the fumes. Enjoy the enjoy the sense of uh, carbonation. That's a real. It's a cleansing feeling once you once you get accustomed. But anyway, that, that that's it for our show. Uh, I'm Jim Newcastle, uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Crapshoot. Hi, this is Josh Millard, your host number A for the crapshoot. I'm interrupting the beginning of my own podcast to do something unusual. Uh, My band, the Harvey Girls, were putting out an album. It's called Complicated Lady. We've been working on it for the last year, writing it and recording it and getting it mastered. And now it's ready for printing. And we're printing it on vinyl and we're trying to raise some money with pre-orders. We're running an Indiegogo campaign to let people 
spend $18 to get a pre-ordered copy of the vinyl that includes shipping within the U.S. You'll get a copy of the record if you give us $18. If you're outside the U.S. and you're interested, let us know, and I'm sure we can arrange just a small additional shipping cost. If you'd like to just give a few dollars in general to support the project, that's welcome too. Uh, This is the sort of thing I do when I'm not uh, getting drunk with Jesse and chattering, and it's uh, part of the creative stuff that keeps me excited about uh, doing stuff on the internet. So if you want to support that and you want to support my band and you can pre-order the album or throw a few dollars at us, that'd be fantastic. Uh, You can find the campaign at Indiegogo.com slash AT, that's the word at, slash Complicated Lady. The album is Complicated Lady. The band is Harvey Girls. You can just Google that if you can't find it via the URL. Uh, If you can help out, that'd be great. It helps us do this creative stuff that is part of what makes me so happy to be a person who exists on the internet. Uh, That's it. I'll stop asking you for money now, and uh, me and Jesse will get on with talking about whatever uh, we're going to talk about while getting drunk. Uh, I'll use a couple of songs off the album as interstitial music this episode so you can get a taste of what's going on if you're not immediately sold on just throwing money at me blindly. Uh, Although I'm okay with that too. Blind money throwing is a big, big thing where I come from. So. Welcome to episode 18, I think. Episode 18, I think. I'm going to stop calling you out on the episode numbers because every time I do, it turns out you're right and I'm wrong. Yeah. So plus it, plus it gets more awkward. Well, see, as we record this, episode 17 is still vaporware is the problem. Even oh. though we recorded it. No wonder I'm always confused. Uh, possibly two full months ago now, and I have yeah. been uh, quietly holding it hostage for... <laughs> Really no good reason, but any any long-time listener of the show knows that this is just a, a, an issue with me and Creator Projects. So, uh, he won't tell me his demands, so I don't know how to get it released. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a kind of zen hostage situation. You know, The only way to release it is to release your desire for it. Oh, okay. You know? Well, luckily our listeners have taken care of that long yes, ago. Yes. <laughs> to the two people still attentively watching uh, mm-hmm. for new episodes of this, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, by the time you hear this, we can assume the feed has been updated twice. I, I, I think we can assume that is what will happen. That yes. will have been what happened. Yes, exactly. Uh, so episode 17 will have been the one that, of course, preceded this that people have already listened to. And mm-hmm. was, oh, boy, I can't wait for episode 18, which is what this one Yeah, but because it's is. not out yet, something could still go catastrophically wrong, and the file could be deleted, and well, it might and, be leapfrogging 17. And, and to be fair, mm-hmm. the heat death of the universe could also happen plausibly at this point on this time scale. So Yes. But here we are. Here we are. We always want to be fair on exactly. the podcast. We do. You know, before we started recording, we missed some good... Um, Okay, the word is scat, right? I'm not oh, just yes, saying the yes. word scat. No. The scat it, it, has a different meaning. Yeah, yeah. People, people have not just spent your entire life elaborately tricking you to using the wrong this word This is the kind of fear I actually live with. Yeah, so good. Okay, yeah, we did some good stuff, I thought. We were pooping, to be clear. Yeah, we were, we were poop, holding yeah. hands and pooping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a, yeah, the, this, the, yeah, the little skiddly. Yeah. Wop, Yeah. Deep. Yeah, it was like that, except with more enthusiasm. I thought I was going to have the courage to do it on mic, and now I yeah, don't Yeah, you're, you're totally... You're, 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 you
I got yeah. lost there for a second. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, I'm yeah. a little t- tone deaf too. That's part of why I would gravitate towards the drums my whole life. That's, that's, a, that's a smart move. It's a musical instrument. It's a, it's a but then it turns out you have to tune drums too. Well, yeah, not as much though. I mean, you need to tune drums like you need to tune your Civic. You know, you can just uh, always with the car and stuff. Yes, always with the car. I'm yes, just immediately lost. You know who? I, you know I, who? I bet Civics sell really well too. Uh, <laughs> uh, high school Civics teachers. I bet. <laughs> Is it even a joke? It's, it's, it's just funny because you don't like it at this point. Your discomfort is the, the primary source of humor in what I originally thought was just going to be a lighthearted pun mm-hmm. fest. Now it's all about uh, you know calling back to uh, your, your your failure to engage with it and, and making that sort of an ongoing. I can't, I can't even think of a real one. I'll tell you what for the ne- civic. Ne- it's a, it's a, someone in a courtroom. Is that is there sure? Does that work? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Civil suit. Yeah. Sort of thing. Hey, you know who is really good at driving civics? <laughs> People you in a it. courtroom. There you got it. I yeah. Think, yeah. I finally cracked remember, to this remember joke. Remember that guy who drove a Honda Civic into a courtroom? Uh, got 30 years. Yep. Yep. Right. Well, uh, so you brought some beer with you. So off to a bad start. <laughs> as you, So it's good that we can pick up right where we left off after two months of not doing this. I was thinking about We've that. still got it. And I had a good analogy, but now I forget it because I'm so tired. Oh, yeah. It's like riding a bike, except in our case, we never really knew how to ride the bike in the first right. place. It's so. like falling off a bike. Yeah. You know, you never, you never forget how, you know. <laughs> 20 years later, you can just get on that thing, swing your, your, your feet over it, you know, go five feet and, you know, skin the hell out of your knee like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you were born doing it. It's, like you were born doing it. It's uh, yeah, it's quite a thing. You don't have to relearn that. Exactly. You only yeah. have to no. have never learned it once. Yep. <clears throat> I, uh, I stopped, it, as is my, uh, as is this tradition, uh, as, it, as goes without saying at this point, I guess. It I stopped. Goes, I stopped to get beer on the way here, and um, does it go? I we've probably said it probably goes without saying, but you stop and get beer on the way here. I stop and get. I try That's and bring the thing beer. that goes without saying is right. the fact that, and we may have never said that that specifically is the arrangement, right? So, no, I uh, think I yeah okay. It goes with saying. Yeah, it goes with saying. It goes either with or without beer. saying, yes. depending on which with episode or without it is. You two couldn't do it better. I stopped to, at the liquor store. <laughs> when in California we call a liquor store because you can buy liquor at it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just wanted to. I, I didn't. Want, I wanted to bring something new, and yeah. so I just grabbed. Um, and I, a- I walked around and I looked around, and I didn't. I wasn't ready to go as far as we went in the um, Andy Bayo episode uh, and go full to the really the difficult yeah, section. Probably for the best. The advanced section of the. Uh, the beer area, the beer coolers, the beer yep. beer doors. Um, but uh, I got close. And the reason I picked these is because I can't figure out what what they taste like by looking at them. And I, I have to I have to tell the audience yeah. here, they're in an opaque pa- plastic bag. So I'm I'm just genuinely curious at this point. It's, I wish this I could say that, that was, had been planned, but it was yeah, just the bag they no, gave me. Yeah. So so tell like me. Like it could turn out to be pornographic yeah. material in here for all I know. Tell it's me what weird. you think of this. Smirnoff Ice? Have, so, have you not had Smirnoff Ice? No, what is oh, it? Okay, maybe the, I'm the last guy on earth that doesn't know about this. Oh, oh God, we've got so much to talk about. So it's like a milky white thing in a clear, like, oversized glass beer bottle. It just says Smirnoff Ice original flavor. 
and then that's it. Oh, what a, what, a, what is it supposed to taste like? Tra- I don't get it. You know, it's it's kind of it's it's. Am I supposed to be able to figure out by looking at this bottle what it is? Not not really. You know, honestly, I've had it. Okay, and I don't totally remember. Like it's not it's not quite Zima and it's not quite Mike's Hard Lemonade, but it's in that territory. You know, it's a, it's a it's a sweet party uh, beer bridge. Well, we're at will. a sweet party right now. Yeah. But it's the two of us in your basement. <laughs> Amen, buddy. This is no that, you you don't know how how appropriately sort of sad the reality versus the branding <laughs> aspect of this is going to be in a, a couple different ways. Because I got to tell you all about icing. I got to tell you about bros icing bros, which apparently. <laughs> Uh, you you missed entirely, and this is this is fantastic. So here and there, I take a week off the internet. I miss like ten things. This, this, this was this was an important one. This is a number of years ago. This okay, is, this is well past. Um, I'm I'm sort oh, of excuse me. Slightly fondly surprised that Smirnoff Ice is still being made because uh, that marketing well, campaign. It's was funny so that you said terrible. Zima because it's like the color of Zima, right? It kind of is. So I, 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 is. I, that was the only place my mind could go to flavor-wise. Yes. Although I don't know that I ever had Zima, and I just out of curiosity looked for Zima, and they don't seem to carry it anymore. Yeah, Zima. I feel like Zima's had a real on-again, off-again uh, relationship with existing as a beverage. Mm-hmm. Like I think it went away for a while, and then it came back for a while, and then it turns out that everybody who had a fond memory of Zima. It was based on them being drunk many years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and not actually on the taste of Zima, which, right. eh. uh, but yeah, so Smirnoff, yeah, no, it's got, it's got this sort of whitish color, almost like it was a bottle of vodka that was so cold that it was, it was frosty is all I can figure is maybe what they're going for. Cause uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's Smirnoff. They're trying to say, hey, Smirnoff, we're that uh, cool vodka brand. This is like drinking our vodka, except for way, right, way, 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 way like... less uh, potent, <laughs> so, you know? If you were trying to glean any sort of idea of the taste or flavor or gestalt of this thing by looking at it, the only thing you could try to go for is Smirnoff, and yet that's the name of a vodka, and not a vodka that's like tries to hang their hat on having a flavor of yeah. any sort rather like most vodkas yeah popular exactly. vodkas you know. they try to hang their hat on the opposite yep so so it, well, it, it's, it's like it's a bit confusing brand yeah so and, I don't and know. yeah malt beverage is is pretty generic malt beverage says well it's not really beer <laughs> and then they just sort of trail off and hope you just walk away and then they just kind of uh, shrug and yeah. frown so uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, but let's open it up because I'm I'm curious about your curiosity now. Here's another th- piece of news to report. Plus, uh, like, in, in on this, the uh, sort of a because XOXO is coming around oh, again. Right, this right, is yeah. in some ways it's, we're, we're sort of calling back to the Andy Bayo episode anyway. Yes. Um, Four Loco is on the shelf again. Excellent. Excellent. Re outlawed in some way or something. I I saw there was a lot of it. Yes. There was a lot of Four Loco. Tell me about it. You took a sip. I'm gonna take a sip too. Yeah, it's kinda like yeah. I don't know, it's a sort of like a citrusy sweet. Yeah. It's it's not it's not quite hard lemonade, Mike, hard lemonade, but it's right. it's that sort of territory. Yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of dumb. It tastes kind of dumb. It's a little dumb. A little it dumb. It's a little dumb. Well, let me tell you, uh, Jesse, and it's pretty and, drinkable. And, I mean, it's just it, like it just tastes like corn syrup. I yeah, guess. no, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it other than ugh, you know, I drink yeah. a lot of this stuff in college, you know, <laughs> this sort of thing, and right. so it's like I don't, I don't know that I particularly need to drink all 24 ounces. They had to make it a 24 ounce or they couldn't do, do 22 and even pretend to like be in synchronization with some sort of beer standard. It had to be, had to be 24. That's what this is. Is 24. Yep. Mine says, uh, one pint. 
It also says eight fluid ounces. Right. Right. Okay. So you add them up, and then what you get is is twenty four oh, right. ounces. Yeah. One pint, comma eight fluid ounces. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's the way they do it. Wow. What a weird. Okay. Yep. It's not one or the other. It's not like a Schrodinger's beverage. Right. <laughs> it's just like a lot of times they'll have the same measurement in two different scales on a packaged food or drink, I guess. Which is fair. But uh, not this one, apparently. Yeah. Bros icing bros. Yeah, tell me about this. So this right here, this is an ice. I, I, I will note that it says Smirnoff Ice Original. Um, I wonder if that means they ventured into or are venturing into various flavored not vodkas. Which would be an ironic twist based on the flavorless vodka right. commentary from earlier. The Bros Icing Bros. Bros Icing Bros was, I believe, uh, an early clumsy, but because it was relatively early, they sort of got away with it, uh, viral campaign for Smirnoff Ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it involved was the conceit that... And, 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 you know, I, I will say I'm speculating that it was at its heart a viral campaign rather than something that just literally coalesced. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that because it's so dumb and contrived that how would it possibly coalesce? But at the same time, it's dumb and contrived in a way that, as will become clear as I describe it further, is actually kind of plausible, too, as just a dumb, contrived thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea with icing, bros icing bros, is a bro would, mm-hmm. like... Think I take, got this Smirnoff Ice? Yeah, take 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 your platonic ideal of a bro. Take if That's, you will. Yes, one bro. Yes, take 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 Brosiph Adams. Yes, uh, Brosiph Adams is in the Seven Eleven, perhaps, mm-hmm. or the grocery store, or the liquor store in your your uh, liquor sells beer states, mm-hmm. and uh, Brosiph Adams. His eyes land on a Smirnoff ice, and he thinks to himself, you know it would be great right now? Drinking a Smirnoff ice. But what he thinks immediately after, because his mind is always turning. Uh, this bro. This bro, this Brosif Adams, mm-hmm. is he thinks, you know what would be even better than drinking a Smirnoff ice? Any- Tricking anything. my buddy <laughs> oh. into drinking a Smirnoff ice. <laughs> okay. I think, I think I'm going to ice him. And so he buys his Smirnoff ice. Well, probably he buys two, one for himself and one for the icing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he takes a Smirnoff ice and he finds a place that he can hide it such that his bro uh, will find it to his surprise. And, uh, and, and then he'll set the scene. Maybe he'll hide it in a mailbox and he'll come by and uh, say, hey, it's me, bro. It's Broseph Adams and... and, and, and and his other bro, we need a name for the other bro, but I can't think of anything good beyond Brosif right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, his other bro will be like, oh, hey, Brosif Adams, how are you doing? Brondon. Brondon, yes. Brondon. Brondon. Uh, it's actually a hyphenated first name. Brondon Jaden. Mm-hmm. Brondon Jaden. Right. Says, hey, Brosif Adams, how are you doing? Uh-huh. And uh, Brosif Adams is like, hey, I'm doing pretty good, bro. I just, you know, thought I'd come by, kick back and, you know. Hang out and watch the game, and oh hey, did you get your mail today? Mm-hmm. And 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 Brondon Jaden uh, <laughs> says, uh, oh no, I didn't get my mail today. I should go check on my mail. I guess. I mean, it's weird that you brought it up, but let's assume for the purpose of the story that I'm just willing to go with that. Okay, I'll go check my mail right now because because you're my bro, Brosif Adams. Mm-hmm. Brosif Adams is like, good. I I sure hope there's some mail for you. <laughs> 
And Broden Jane's like, oh, that's a weird little laugh, but I best I better go check my mail. And he goes out to the mailbox, clump, 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 clump. And he, he grabs the mailbox and he opens the door. And inside there's a Smirnoff ice. And Bros of Adams points him and says, bro, you just got iced. And Broden, Brent, Broden, Broden, Jane <laughs> yeah. uh, is like, oh, Bros of Adams, you got me. You got me. You iced me. I got iced. And he's like, well, you know what to do, Broden, Jaden. And all right, Bros of Adams, I'll do it because you iced me. And he takes a Smirnoff ice and he gets down on one knee like he's going to propose. And then he opens it up and he drinks from it triumphantly and yet ashamedly because he got iced. And then he swears, but mark my words, Bros of Adams, you too will be iced and ideally they camera phone some portion of this so you can see the whole thing happen because that's what you spontaneously do when you invent a a drinking game which again i'm both mocking the plausibility (laughs) of it being real and acknowledging that yes that is exactly shit i saw people do in college so it is kind of plausible and that's bros icing bros and it turned into this whole phenomenon so there's there's a couple different scenarios here, I figure, for this. I can't imagine why this has got any traction at all. Uh, well, that's it's the, the thing. Most, that's the thing. It's, it's the, the dumbest most, fucking thing, right? It's, it's not... I mean, dumb, I can understand the pop, the appeal of dumb, but that's just, like, nothing. Yes. It's, like, inane. It is. It's super fucking inane. And it, it was a thing. And also, where's the first guy's Smirnoff ice? You said oh, he bought two. He, 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 probably, he probably hid it in the next door neighbor's mailbox, and then he goes and gets his car and gets trying his to ice two baseball guys? bat, and he knocks down the mailbox, oh, okay. and it's inside, and he pulls it out, and he parks his car on their lawn. He drives his car, it's a mm-hmm. Civic, into a courtroom nearby. It comes <laughs> back, and they triumphantly drink their... Uh, Smirnoff Ice is right. how it works. Brosef Adams is going away for a long time. <laughs> but he's going to have one good last ice, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is before he goes to jail. And then it'll be cons, icing cons, man. Shiving. Sorry, I mean shiving. Um, mm, right. I get the two confused. Yeah, so that's sometimes. that's the thing. It's like it's the dumbest fucking thing. And the thing is, it's, it's the dumbest fucking thing that's oddly branded. Because, like, the thing is... I I played dumb frat drinking games with like friends who were in frats in in college and and the defining feature of them was usually more the mechanics rather than the branding you know people liked drinking <laughs> right. different things there were four or five different kinds of beer in the fridge even if they were all you know the cheap stuff like there was there was natty light and natty ice but there was also probably some bud and probably some PBR and somebody was like no 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 it's fucking Milwaukee's best although this was like 1999 2000 so we were far enough from Milwaukee and it was not quite in the hipster rotation that I don't know if Milwaukee's best. Specifically, I'm belaboring the point. Labatt Blue, maybe. Someone brought it down from, from uh, Canada. And, uh, and, you know, it was all about, like, making people drink a lot. Or, you know, tricking people into drinking a lot. Or hitting the top of someone's recently opened beer bottle just right to cause it to agitate and foam up. Or making someone get you a beer because they lost the last round of asshole that you're playing. You know, it was always about... Things involving becoming drunk and doing things to the abstract beer. It was never about, oh, buddy, nice Rainier. Let's Rainier this shit, man. You know, I mean, if anybody was branding, it was a personal idiosyncrasy, either because they were dumb or because that was their own personal running joke. You know, it was never, it was never about the brand, you know. And right. so the idea that someone – because here's the scenarios, right? Let, let, let's, let's work this out. How did this happen? Scenario one, which is, I believe, what was forwarded by – Smirnoff, to the extent that they commented on it originally at the time, which I think they kind of tried to avoid, was uh, what happened was some bros just came up with the idea of icing each other. Mm -hmm. And bros started icing bros. 
And then, you know, some, some video some that got posted on the internet. Yeah. Some brilliant bros. Some brilliant bros. Some brilliant. Yes. Uh, uh, With lots of brilliant awareness. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm combining some good <laughs> words here. Those are those some serious fucking uh, broad man toes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yes, possibly. Possibly. I stand by awareness is a funny phrase. Yeah, no, no, no. I, <laughs> No, I'll t- I'll take out my sword and defend that one. I'll, I'll squat by it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so this is yes, this is the great mystery, and I, sh- I feel like I should go back and fight because I f- I feel like this is this is probably like ten plus years old now mm-hmm. at this point. I, I it, it's really hard to keep track of time on internet dumb things, but uh, but it could be that yes, we just had some independent bros decided that they were going to do this thing, and somehow Smirnoff Ice became the specific beverage of. Uh, the process because icing is great. I don't know. Um, and then Smirnoff Ice sort of noticed this and nodded from a distance somewhat approvingly because, oh, hey, people are having fun with our beverage. But then when they get around to saying, oh, well, but it's not us doing this. Mm-hmm. And also you should drink responsibly, unlike, I guess, what the implication that someone can force you to chug 24 ounces of premium malt beverage just because it's in, in any your, context. It's in your glove box. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that in a context <laughs> where you're clearly about to drive or whatever. Okay. You know, that's not our idea. We like we're all about right. drinking responsibly. So, you know, it's not our thing. But uh but hey, Smirnoff Ice is fun a fun beverage, you know. Right. Which was essentially the response as I recall. So it could be that. It could have started naturally. Or it could started as, you know, an independent marketing company saying, Smirnoff Ice, we have got the pitch for you and Smirnoff mm-hmm. Ice saying Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Do it, and then they mm-hmm. then they craft the icing phenomenon, or it could have been Smirnoff Nice's like own internal like you know marketing geniuses are like, hey, I, let's do this. This viral thing is big. Let's do a, a a fake viral thing. Let's 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 pretend there's this thing, and it could have all been crafted. And then when people are starting to say, wait, so this dumb fucking thing is all about irresponsibly drinking a bunch of Smirnoff Ice, and Smirnoff Ice was then like, uh, legal says we have to say we had nothing to do with this, you know. And it seems like it could be any of those or some permutation thereof, mm-hmm. but I have no idea which. And I'm kind of curious what you're – because I've just spent 10 fucking minutes talking about Smirnoff Ice. pretty good, right. I think we're about ready to wrap up this episode. <laughs> I, f- fuck if I know. I mean it, I think that um, there is an appeal when it feels like you're getting into something early to be one of the early ones to do it. So I can imagine people doing something like that just – you know, because they can't come up with a better, a cleverer thing for a YouTube video than that, but they know they'll get five thousand hits or whatever just by right. jumping on the early, being early on a bandwagon like that. Yeah. Um, whether it's a great thing or not, and especially if it was a long time ago, it just you know, it's the idea of kind of aping a thing on the internet and making your own version of it and just be kind of contributing to this weird snowball effect yeah. of uh, of anything from the. Um, Harlem Shake thing to any of another billion possible examples. Uh, people didn't have like a lot of refined taste for that. They were just like, "Oh yeah, but everyone does it," you know, yeah. whatever. So I could, I guess, see someone it being an organic thing. Just weird. Yeah. Just weird because there's just so like, ec- I mean, there's never anything there, but this is like extra nothing there. Well, and, yeah, it felt because so it's crafted, not even like a you know? yeah. And the branding thing is weird. Cause, well, because the name of the thing is in the name of the thing that you yeah. do with the thing, so yeah. it's, it sounds a little bit fishy. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck even knows. It does. I wouldn't somebody, put it past somebody. It. Either Smirnoff way, knows. either way. They, Maybe. So I guess it was episode sponsored by Smirnoff. 
<laughs> so far, we've said that brand name. I mean, I guess it worked 10 years later because I've just said Smirnoff like 15 times. Yep. So um, their drink sucks. Don't buy it. But uh, <sighs> thanks for the sponsorship, fuckers. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? So You know, it's, it's, the, it's the thing with drinks like this where 24 ounces is the wrong size. <laughs> it's basically the problem. Like at 8 ounces, like 8 ounces into this, I, I no, would say... No, the 24 I'm, ounces is genius. And here's why. Because if it was um, like 18 or, 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 you know, a little less. Uh, you would drink it and like wouldn't have quite had enough to just decide it's a good decision to have another one. You would just be like, "Oof, I made it through oh. that." But that last little like twenty percent, like that's just that's what's instilling the next one. That's I think what's that's, that's, the... that's a good pitch because like yeah, I think of these as usually like twelve ounces <laughs> is probably the default size. But uh, but that probably would be because that's where I am. I'm about halfway through this bottle. And, uh, yeah, you're making some serious progress. Apparently, I I apparently telling this story really got me <laughs> jazzed. Like, for I, some delicious Smirnoff ice. Well, it's, I, I would say like I've been cringing so hard at the memory of the story and the related memories that I've been compelled to drink. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's like a time machine yeah. back to poor previous drinking decisions I mm-hmm. made like in college. Somehow, it's both the fuel and the destination for its right. its own. It's like it's like a it's a Ouroboric DeLorean of bad alcohol is what it is. <laughs> that, that should be an episode title. That's a Well, it's a good tagline for Smirnoff Lights. <laughs> Use it in her advertisement. <laughs> bros temporally displacing bros. <laughs> the meme that refreshes. I hit I hit a Smirnoff Ice in your mailbox, and you opened it, and so now you have to travel back to the 18th century and not get cholera, bro. Oh, wicked! This has gone somewhere weird. I'm blaming the Smirnoff Ice. Uh, I'm starting to see colors refreshes. that I don't usually see, so... <laughs> ah, yeah. No, it's really not very good. No, it's not very good, and... Uh, and, and it's also uh, not nearly alcoholic. That's the, that's the worst part, is, like, this stuff is, like, 4.5%. Yeah, how much sugar is in it, though? Oh, it's like I feel like I'm having a more of like, a... I feel like they don't have to tell us because it's oh, alcohol, right. so they don't have to disclose nutritional information because, like, come the fuck on, basically. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, wow. Yeah, you really... Uh, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about, mm. and now we're, like, 25 minutes in oh, on, Jesus on this fucking swill. I have stuff up in my fridge right now <laughs> that's actually called swill, mm-hmm. ironically, by the manufacturers, and it's a lot better than this, despite being a sweet... Uh, beery beverage mm-hmm. so uh so well done swill <laughs> you've uh, really subverted my ability to <coughs> maybe this is a good time for a break so we can reset <laughs> and think of anything else to talk about besides smirnoff ice <laughs> okay. the meme that refreshes <laughs> Bye. 
Don't need a drink, I like to think with perfect crystal clarity. Keeping speed to the dead, to me, that you feel the doing of me and all the pretty evil that I wanna do to you. Like an angel with a flaming sword, I'm gonna run you through. But I know it's just for chessing, you can take me all my mama. Carousel inside the first pieces and drama. I'm very introspective, and that should really count. But when I get you back inside, I'm gonna. While we were off mic, we came up with a much better plan, which is bros scotching bros. It's like bros icing bros, except for you want to drink it. And, uh, right. and also it's you not... really take your time. You'd be yeah. like, oh, buddy, you just got scotch. Now you got to put that in your cup and enjoy it over the next month or so. Yeah. You know? It's like, ah, bro. Yeah, let's go sit in it's front It's really of the beady, bro. Yeah. It's got a nice smoky thing. Oh, it's an eyelay, bro, isn't it? It's an eyelay. Right. Yeah. Pretty much how it would go. I yeah, think. it's it's basically Josh and I just giving each other scotch. Basically, yeah. yeah. Why I don't know why we have this podcast. Let's start a new podcast called <laughs> Bros Scotching Bros. Or uh, it's a really good prank, though. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Yeah, giving someone some scotch. Yeah, I think the mailbox part of it, we can just leave that out. Yeah, it seems like just Hiding a, a formality. In the glove yeah. box or the laundry basket. Sure. I don't know. I don't yeah. know where you would yeah. ice somebody. Maybe maybe their peat bog. I don't know. Anywhere, anywhere you can figure. You could you could probably get them to like look under a manhole or uh look uh look under a manhole? I don't know, lift up a manhole and there's an ice like oh my god, my baby got stuck under the manhole, bro. I didn't know you had a baby. Shut up, my baby. Come on, save it. Get a crowbar or a picker or whatever you use to lift up a manhole. Okay, man, that sounds pretty sweet. Oh, I got iced and then you both fall down the manhole. Tell me tell me what <laughs> tell me what you picture when you say the word manhole. Uh, like in how the do you, street? Like, yeah, how do you, you know? pick up a hole? Well, you got a manhole? Yeah. Uh, you, 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 it's got you, you. We're talking about like a big round metal thing in the street. That's a right. Manhole. A manhole cover. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes, the manhole cover. Yes, you don't pick up but the you, actual how, hole. Well, I know, but then okay. you said the baby was in the hole, so I thought you weren't talking so, about the cover. I was. I was. I was uh, oh, what's the word for that? It's. Uh, it's not. Uh, Synecdoche. I was just but, uh, talking to my partner Whitney about synecdoche. That yeah. word is a lot different than what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. The what did, meaning what, what is what very different. What did you think different. it was? I thought it like was a Philip I, Seymour Hoffman film. Like you <clears> assumed it was how you referred to films. No, I think that's probably the first place I heard uh, the word. But I had misunderstood it to mean a microcosm where uh, uh, the whole is kind of contained within a smaller version of itself ah. in a certain way. Microcosm is the only word I can really use to describe what I thought synecdoche meant. But um but it's it's it, it's less a conceptual thing and more of a uh type of it's 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 a language thing. Yeah, it's a way of referring to a thing. Uh, right. It's, you, you could but it's it's confusing because you can refer to a part, you can use the 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 name of a part to describe the whole or you can name, use the name of a whole to describe the part. Or you can use the name of, I forget. Yeah, yeah. And there's and there's words a specific for all these idea uh, for the general concept, or I don't know. It's anyways. It mean it meant something quite different than what I had thought. Like when you call a policeman, you call him the law because it's the right. law is embodied in the, you know he's one ex, he's part of it. But right. He's, but yeah, it has it doesn't have to do with a conceptual 
recreation of a broader idea in another space, but just a word that you use in a overbroad or underbroad way, but whose meaning is still understood. Right. Also, there's metonymy. Uh, I did a bad job describing synecdoche there. Sorry. No, 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 no it was good. It's, it's no. It uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quote Wikipedia if you want to go that way. No, I don't want okay, to have a podcast we where we read Wikipedia <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> That's pretty boring. <laughs> anyway, it's a general idea of referring to a thing by a, by a piece of a thing or, or to the piece or in by the, the whole. Yeah. Yes, and, or, yes, various things like that. Various forms of metonymy. Uh, what were we talking? Oh, the manhole. Right, the manhole. Yeah, lift the manhole cover. Yeah. Uh, is how you would do it. Are you still unclear how you would lift a manhole cover or was it just the collapsing? No, of the- I just okay. thought that you were thinking of a different thing when you said manhole because okay. you said the baby was in the manhole. And then said lift the And then you said you lift the manhole. That's a totally fair... And so I was picturing, like... Remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets stuck in the water slide tube? Yes. And they have to use the crane to lift the part of the Ah. tube out? I thought you were picturing, like, lifting a tube. No, I thought you were just... I was just picturing the actual, like, uh, cylindrical cross-section of the manhole being somehow lifted out of the earth in some weird way. See, you know, and it occurs to me that it didn't occur to me to make that clarification because I thought it would be a given. Because you're you three do... quarters of the way through your <laughs> Smirnoff vice. That meme too. meme that satisfies. That too. But, uh, but no, I was, was going to say internally, and I never said this out loud, but to me it's, it struck me as implicit as I was describing the icing process that a big part of the icing process would be we thought we were going to get off this, but then we had to come back to Scotch we and made, Bros. We made, we made an agreement <laughs> off mic to not start talking about Smirnoff Ice again, just for the listener's benefit. And we've both already <laughs> broken that agreement within a minute or two. But the, 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 the core concept is one of hiding. Like, you can't ice someone unless they're surprised. And you can't oh, surprise yeah. them unless they don't see the thing until it's too late, mm-hmm. until they've snuck right up on it. So, so, therefore, the manhole cover would be how you hide the ice in the manhole. And so when I didn't say manhole cover, I was imagining that it would be taken as a given because the whole concept of hiding invokes the idea of the cover as an integral part of manhole as concealment. But it could have been like a thick miasma instead of a, you know, manhole cover. Like it could have just been, you can't see more than a foot in front of your face. And then your bro would climb down into a thick, mysterious miasma Mm -hmm. in a manhole looking for your baby that you don't have. And then he'd get iced and it'd be so wicked. That would be so wicked. So wicked. So wicked. Or you could ice him in the manhole cover factory where there's no actual holes. Oh my gosh. Just heaps upon heaps of manhole cover. And he'd just keep lifting up cover after cover and there keep not being a hole. And then finally he'd go to one cover that was a little bit off kilter. And he's like, oh, that's promising. Maybe something else is going on there. But it's off kilter because it's sitting on top of a nice. Ow. In a, <laughs> or that, I sort of choked on some ice while I was saying that. <laughs> Lifting cover after cover, finding only more covers <laughs> in a ruthless <laughs> allegory for life itself. We, we somehow managed to get to Kafka <laughs> via Smirnoff Ice. I'm enjoying this. It's uh, hell. Hell is an icing that never comes. Mm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cold beverage that you never discover. You know, right. you think from your mortal life that what you don't want to be is iced because you don't want to be tricked. You don't want to be, but it turns out you long for nothing more than the release of an icing. Right. The only thing worse than an icing is the anticipation of yes. an icing and that never comes. Exactly. Bro. You know, the, the worst thing than me, the, the only thing worse than having people talk about you is having people not talk about you. Right. Where by talk about, I mean, ice. I, I'm yeah. Yes. By which bro. See, I was, I, I was drawing ice. a parallelism there, yeah. bro. Uh, bro, bro. <laughs> 
Well, uh, see, yes. it's not so easy, is it? No, it's not. I, I admit it. This is this is my coming up with things to make jokes about car brands selling well. Yeah, apparently is yeah. broifying things. Broifying. I feel like I've broified things successfully in the past, but maybe I only work well on paper in that in that respect. Like mm. I, I feel like I can twit a good like 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 Brosif and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You know, that's that was mm-hmm. easy enough. Maybe Brosif and the Amazing Technicolor Rainbow. Well, so far you've like, only drank, done it like, with Joseph it's and really, Bro. Uh, well, over there, and there's, over there's again. My friend, <laughs> there's my friend uh, Brian Rosendahl, who I call Brosendahl every once in a while mm-hmm. when I answer the phone. That's pretty good. So that's that's okay. Yeah. Um, the Cal- California Brosens. <laughs> that's a topical I reference. Like I like that yeah. one. That one works for me. Famously animated by Will Vinton Brodios. Uh, that sounds like rodeo. So, <laughs> again, uh, talking about uh, you wanted to talk about something that wasn't smeared off ice or bros. Yeah, but it's all gone now. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> well, I've been I've been reading through the rule book for a fascinating role playing game <laughs> the last couple of days called Dog Eat Dog. Okay, a game of. Uh, I think it's a, a game of colonialism and assimilation in the Pacific Islands, uh, which is just about exactly as cheerful as it sounds. It's actually mm-hmm. well, it's, it's interesting. It's a it's a sort of really lightweight pen and paper RPG system written by uh, like thirty something year old guy from Hawaii, who's uh, his, his mom's Filipino, his dad's Irish, um, and he's this you know mixed race guy growing up in Hawaii. And he talks a bunch about uh, where he came to from this sort of reading about like uh, Filipino heritage and uh, colonial occupation of the Philippines in the 19th century um, by the United States, um, which I guess follows on uh, Spanish occupation in the 16th century. But uh, we're already well, well towards the horizon on my actual working knowledge of, of geopolitics and, and history. But anyway... The point is, it's an interesting, really lightweight game, basically, where you get a bunch of people together. Like, you know, the, the example in the game is like four people, uh, which is probably a good mid-sized game. But you could do it with three. You could do it with probably five, six, seven. Um, and everybody sits down, and they come up with a few descriptive traits for the native population of the island and a few descriptive traits for the occupying nation. Uh, and the game begins basically the end of the war of occupation with that war ending with the occupier successfully occupying the, the, the native island. And the thing is you go around the table and each person comes with one trait up with one trait for the natives. And then each person in the other order comes up with one trait for the occupying force. So you're sort of creating this description of these arbitrary civilizations uh, that could be anything. It doesn't specifically have to be. It's not know. from a set list or something. No, no. Just it's whatever, like you, want. It's whatever like you want. It's like kind of yeah. a weird social dynamics game as much as it is like a system-based game. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the, the system is very, very light. Okay. Um, but you come up with these traits and then you name the civilizations and then one player plays uh, the occupation. So he plays whatever principal characters and whatever background characters are going to be involved in representing the occupation's presence in the narrative. And then each of the other players uh, plays a native from the island, just some particular person from that uh, you know village or nation or however you want to sort of scope it. And then they go scene by scene sort of talking about interactions like each player gets to come up with a scene and say, okay, well, my guy is doing this. So maybe it's like my guy who's like, you know, the village's strongest man 
uh, is staging a rally to protest the treatment of the occupying force. And then everybody just sort of role plays. You know, so there's, that's the role playing part of it, although it could be pretty light. It's mm. everybody sort of saying, oh, well, my guy, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's all wrong. And my guy's like, well, yeah, he's the traitor. He's like, hey, you know, but, you know, we're getting a lot of goods from them. Let's not, you know, and, and then the occupying force can inject himself in any uh, scene as well. You know, possibly just say, hey, now, you got some boy points. We'll take an advisement. Or, hey, now, that's against the law, and I'm cutting your hands off. You know, any anywhere in there. Uh, but the scene plays out, and then you sort of go through the list of rules in the game and judge how well everybody followed the rules, and people get tokens or lose tokens accordingly. And the occupying source starts with a bunch of tokens, and each of the natives starts with just a few tokens. Uh, and the game ends when either the occupying force is completely out of tokens, in which case the occupation ends, or all of the natives are completely out of tokens, uh, at which point uh, all of the native players have been disenfranchised or killed, and the occupying force is no longer opposed by any other player. So I, I still don't understand how the how the actual like physical implementation of the rules works. You how do po- tokens change hands? Well, this is the interesting thing. So okay. what happens? You have a scene, and the game starts with one rule. There's one rule, and the rule is that the natives are inferior to the occupiers. That's written down in the record. Okay. And every time a scene ends, everybody sits down and they go through what happened in the scene and the occupier player judges whether each player abided by the rules or not. So the first scene that plays out, the only rule that will apply to what anybody did, uh, including all the natives who were involved in that scene and the occupier if they were involved in that scene, uh, the question would be, well, did they abide by that rule? And the occupier is the only person who makes that call. So the occupier you know, might look at someone and say, well, you know, you were totally being defiant to the rule of law that we brought here to try and improve this island nation. So you were not respecting the, the truth that, you know, the natives are inferior to the occupiers. So you lose a token and I get a token. Um, or they could say, hey, no, you did a great job. You get a token. Uh, the occupier themselves could be like, hey, you know what? I uh, I was trying to sue for peace there and try and make things work out, but I, I really didn't follow the rule. Uh, you know, I really didn't treat you as inferior as I well should have by the structure of the rules, so I lose a token. Uh, so the occupier is in the position of having the opportunity to declare that they weren't sufficiently treating the natives as inferior and charge themselves for it. But when the fuck is that going to happen is one of the real quick implications if you think of it as a game. Right. Uh, and the, the core rule there itself is obviously hugely loaded. And that's a big that's the big allegorical point, I think, of the game as so, insofar as there is one, is that these power structures are fundamentally asymmetrical and there's something fundamentally arrogant and, you know, of a superiority complex to the idea of colonization. You don't colonize a place that you don't basically hold in contempt. You know, you don't say, "Hey, you know, they're, they're really, they're uh, they're they're responsible and they're doing fine." We Let's a, go occupy have, them by force. You we know, have a lot to learn from those. Yeah, people. exactly. You know, it's it's the whole nature of the thing. You know, <coughs> there is that initial judgment. So, I mean, maybe there's more to it than I'm than I'm quite understanding. But it seems there's to a, me yeah, like I'm you can take. Reason. I could take away all anything I could gain from what sounds like kind of an unfun game to play. 
anything I could take away from it, I could take away from a description of it just as easily. To some extent, like, I'm not. really enjoying reading the rulebook, and I kind of okay. like the idea of playing it. But is I think there it's more just a than just the read. one rule? Is the as the game oh, goes so that's on, part do of the rules thing. come come into play yes. as they're written from within the game system? After the whole judgment thing happens, where the the occupying force adjudicates how the rules were followed, then mm-hmm. you get the reflection period. Where all the natives, the occupying force doesn't get a say in this. Uh, all the natives discuss among them uh, what the new rule should be. So based on what happened, some sort of new rule. So the example in the rule book is that things sort of happen after the, a scene in which someone organizes sort of like a secret resistance meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then some bad things happen. You know, some people get hauled away. Some people lose some tokens. Uh, and then the natives decide, okay, well, it seems like what really got us in trouble there was the whole meeting of secret thing. So added to the rule after, you know, the natives are inferior to the occupiers is, you know, don't meet in secret. And so then after that, if there's any sort of scene in the future where there's like meeting in secret involved, that could be a violation of the rules as well. And so you sort of keep accruing rules based on sort of what happened in the game and what people feel like suggesting, you know, can go in whatever direction it goes. Um, but all these things sort of build up as sort of like a story of the occupation and the story of this island. It seems like you can only really play it if you're not seeking to win the game so much as you're seeking to accurately role play the in, the shitty power dynamics of. That I think situation. that I think that's sort of the nature of the thing. Yeah. Okay. Because um, it seems like playing to win would make the game not fun. Yeah, and I'm but not. It's also I'm not, not sure. fun. Anyway. I'm, not, I'm not sure the game would ever be fun, but it's really, right. it's really interesting to read through the rule set, and I think okay. it'd be really interesting to play. Mm-hmm. And that's that's sort of, I think that's where he was coming from. Like he wasn't trying to say, you know, it'd be really fun, uh, you know, right. simulating the dynamics of uh, forced occupation. Right, um, and you know, it's not not that that should be a strike against it, and not to, not to mean that I, I I think that fun is the only axis by which you can measure the value of a game. Right, like you know. Spielberg didn't sit down and say, you know what would be a fun movie to watch? <laughs> Schindler's God. List. Yeah. Right? Um, right? So, so and, and I think that we're in an interesting point in, the, in video game and just game development that we're starting to find out that there are other measurements of the quality and, and yeah. value and worth of a game than how much fun it is or how, like, kind of titillating or stimulating, yeah. immediately well, exactly. stimulating yeah. it is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it is interesting in that way. It, uh it's a hard fucking sell, and I'm surprised that game you're describing got made. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, this is, this is some, some guy wrote this. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did a Kickstarter. He sells sure. the PDF for ten bucks. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, a worthy experiment. Um, but well, it, whether it, or not it's something that I feel like would really. Yeah, really I, I, be I'm, my I'm thing. doubtful that it'll take off, and I think a lot of people who, if they did try to play it, would just find it very sort of grim and dismal and have a hard time playing it. But it's also super. I think it's I think it's really interesting because of the potency of the premise. The fact that like the premise itself is like, oh, here's a game where you do this, and there is a simple rule set, and you can totally play it. Mm-hmm. And you might come out of it being like profoundly uncomfortable, no matter what happens. Yeah, um, I mean, in that way, it's kind of like the Stanford Prison Experiment. Right? Kinda, but then, but then let's let's by comparison, let's think of a fun game. Let's think of a really common fun game like uh, Call of Duty, mm-hmm. a game where you just shoot. A thousand people in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. You just shoot them in the fucking face. This is fun, you know. I mean, it's it's it, it is kind of perverse that like you know a hard sell is. Let's talk about a game where there is a uh, asymmetrical power dynamic that creates problems for people, and you have to try and find some way to compromise, you know, to maybe make it not terrible for everybody. 
that sounds like a bummer. Let's go shoot people in the fucking face for a few hours. You know, it's it's a weird thing. And obviously, it is, yeah. obviously the, the Skinner box of Call of Duty is very different from having a frank allegorical role play session about power dynamics. But we're also just so acclimated. There's like, we aren't like, hey, let's go. Like, I'm a big video game fan. You're a big video game fan. You know, it's not like we're, like, going to suddenly be bowled over the fact that, like, murder simulation is a thing that is in video games. Because, yeah, right. shooting shooting objects is a great basic mechanic for a video game. It's a dynamic. It's like, it's an, ex- it's an incredibly mature one at this point, at yeah. least. And I think it's it's embarrassingly far ahead every other type of environmental interaction in a video game. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yep. like, you, you know, back to, like, how, you know, even in a video game where, like, Duke Nukem and there's like strippers and you can go up and click on them. It's just like you still have the same verb to interact with them by just shooting them. Or right? yeah. I mean, you can like paw off money or whatever too. But it was, um, it's just embarrassing that we've in that time we've just spent decades developing this one verb yeah. for interacting with the world within a video game system and and still have shit for interacting with a world in any via any other means except for pointing a gun at a thing and making it die yeah um so yeah but that but at the same time i think that i I, independently of all that the i still think that the the reason that call of duty is fun isn't just because it's i mean i don't know call of duty is not really my (laughs) style games are maybe a bad example for me but um uh, we're just a good first-person shooter that I that appeals to me as fun is because I, I can get into the mode where I'm 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 intending to win by any means necessary and working within the rules that I'm given to yeah. win. And the game you're describing is does not doesn't well, really lead me to want to do that. Well, and, like. but but I think in principle you could like I think you could really play that game like really really aggressively to win. Like mm-hmm. the, the rule set points out that one thing that is possible is. Because the, the, the occupying player can inject themselves into any scene and they can just basically narrate the death of a, of a native player, mm-hmm. uh, they have to pay a cost for it. They have to pay a couple tokens, um, but then that player is out of the scene. Um, they could, in fact, open the game in the first scene by just killing every native player. Hmm. Um, so if they were just basically – if their take on it was, you know what, the important thing – is the preservation of the stability of this occupation. So every single one of you native ideologues is going to die right now because we cannot have the fomenting of resistance. Hmm. You know, that, that would be a legit play. And the, and the rule book notes this. And to some extent you could argue that like, if everybody is okay with a the narration there and, and everybody did a good job of participating in it, Hey, you just had a fun time just doing a scene. It just happens to be a scene that is about, you know, right. The, uh, the the game being over in one turn. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's unlikely people would want to do that, but at the same time, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it, yeah, it's. But yeah, no, I think I think there I think it is a as a, it's a fertile ground. I think for new thinking and game design is um, not not just looking for new modes of interaction, but also new um, uh, goals in how the player is reacting and is experiencing the the experience of playing the game. Um, and I think, you know, because just fun is where we start, right? And I think you could say the same thing about movies, right? Is that you want 
the the first and earliest movies sought just purely to entertain and, yeah. and be and, and and be a spectacle and be an enjoyment and escapism in that way and i think the same way video games start there too and probably any medium really um and uh, you start to get further and further and the and the medium becomes more and more mature and you start to seek to describe uh different parts of the human condition than that and um you seek to invoke different experiences than just enjoyment or titillation um and i haven't played it but i was actually yesterday spent you know 15 minutes reading uh steam user reviews of papers please oh yes and 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 it's so fascinating to yes. see because they're almost uh, so surprisingly for the game as i understand it they're almost all like singing its praises but they're also almost all warning against some other person like this isn't probably the game you <laughs> reader of this will like but i thought it was brilliant it's not fun it it's is mean it's like miserable and kafka-esque it is it's but it's the best game i've played all year and and yet everybody seems to say that like yeah. they're like the the person they were all worried would step into it and hate it didn't seem to be represented in that yeah you know in the user reviews on the steam page or whatever which was pretty interesting yeah because it seems like it, that game's tried something really ambitious and kind of hit it out of the park am i right yeah no it's it's a really fascinating game it's it's yeah uh papers please is basically a simulator of being a bottom rung bureaucrat uh sort of uh, document inspector at the border of East Berlin. You know, metaphorical. Everything in the game is uh, sort of slightly off-brand mm-hmm. uh, Eastern European stuff. Um, but that's very, very, very obviously where they're coming from is basically sure. that sort of specific uh, Iron Curtain Cold War uh, divided Berlin thing. Um, and it's 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 really magnificent. It's it's very it's very simple. It's understated, sort of like retro looking, you know, big blocky pixel graphics. And you're literally checking people's passports and travel documents uh, to see whether or not they get to come uh, through the gate into the country. Uh, and that's really the whole thing. Like a person shows up on the left of the screen. Uh, you say papers, please. They hand over their their passports, uh, whatever other documents they might need, or maybe they don't hand over the documents they need, which makes it real easy because then you say, hey, you violated. And it's literally a game of paperwork. It's literally you're just like, oh, shuffle this aside, pull this off my desk, point at this, say, hey, no, because of this, you can't. This mm-hmm. isn't valid. Or, uh, yeah, and those, that's, those are the easy decisions. The easy decisions are when someone's like, oh, hey, I really need to get in and see my sick mother. And you're like, yeah, but you don't have a amended travel advisory ticket, so you can't. And then they may, maybe curse at you or maybe they just walk away or whatever. Maybe they try and bribe you. Um, mostly they're like, uh, and they leave. Uh, the real tricky ones are when something's almost right but not quite, and you have to decide whether or not to deal with the fact that this person seems to be in genuine need that you're you're ditching them on a technicality. Hmm. It's probably just a technicality, but your job is to not let people in who have incorrect paperwork. And one of the interesting little wrinkles of it, this is sort of just a side point of it, but there are people who show up and you just get a real low quality not low quality but like low resolution pixel graphics drawing of a person as their face and that's one of the things you go off and one of the things you have to check for is correct gender identity and you end up looking at some chubby androgynous person and you are stuck with the position of trying to decide whether you should know their gender trying to decide (laughs) if it's safer to reject them on the basis of their apparently indeterminate gender or let them through on the basis that uh probably you know, and and it's it's very much 
it's interesting because it's a game made in the context of a contemporary in the United States, certainly more increasingly more progressive discussion about ideas of uh, transgender and, and uh, gender queer stuff. Uh, but certainly in terms of border crossing in Cold War Berlin, uh, probably not so much. And I think that's where the game runs with it. And so it creates this weird sort of tension over that. Does the game specifically incentivize like being 100% accurate in who you turn away or don't? Or does it yes. incentivize yes. You, 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 you get, being you, a good person? And you get being... to, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> it does not incentivize that. It's a really right. interesting thing. And okay. I, I, should be, I should be clear that I've only gotten – the game is a series of days, and there's sort of plot events tied each day. Okay. Each day that you manage to manage to not have your entire family die or get arrested by the secret police, you get to go on to the next day. Okay. Um, and you get – you get a paycheck for every day, and then you get deductions uh, for every error beyond. I think you get a small margin of error. Like maybe at the beginning you can have like three mistakes per day hmm. where they're like, hey, well, you got to watch that. Uh, but after that, it's like, you know, that's $5 left you make less you make today for each error. And hmm. so if you have a bad day, you can go home with a real small paycheck, and you've got four family members that you're trying to feed and keep warm and pay rent and so on. And so there's a huge pressure to just do mechanically well at the game. So there's this there's this this story and mechanical pressure to just get really good at processing documents. Which like the first time you play it, you're gonna crater sometime in probably day five or six. Mm -hmm. And the second time you play it, you get a bit farther. Uh, but as you get farther, they keep making the documentation more complicated too. So like on the first day, it's like here's the passport book. It has a list of each country, its major cities, and their uh, national logo. Uh, every time someone gives you a passport, make sure it's got the logo in the country and the city match. All right. Boom. And the next day, oh, we've been having some problem with Forge passport date field. So make sure that matches too. And on the third day, oh, someone tried to blow things up yesterday. So we need to start making sure people have uh, travel advisory tickets. So make sure they have a valid travel advisory ticket too. And some people just won't and some people will, but the date will be wrong or won't match or you know, and it just stacks up and it really, it stacks up like complicated bureaucratic paperwork. And the whole game is trying to get good and fast at processing those while also not making any mistakes that will get you arrested and, you know, detained indefinitely in a gulag uh, or get your family killed or get you murdered or, 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 you know, and it hmm. just builds up. Like at one point in one of my playthroughs, I accepted a bribe from a very shady figure who sent me a message in code. And I was so excited to solve the code in time while trying to get my work done, uh, which you have to sort of steal a little five seconds between people coming up to the gate to try and do a little bit of extra reading uh, with the paperwork on your desk. Uh, and I got bribed like $1,000. I was like, hey, do this, and you know, we'll, we'll help you out. And I was like, holy shit, because like, I was like a day away from my, my grandmother dying of sickness and our heat had been off for three days we hadn't eaten in two you know rent had gone up even though i wasn't even able to pay it and it's like i can't not take a thousand dollars but then five days later i get thrown in the gulag because i was taking bribes from a shadowy figure so it's like hmm. it's it's and this is just like and this is and you're just doing paperwork you're just fucking doing it really is basically yes it's a fantastic kafka-esque miserable <laughs> I haven't gone back to it. I, I was I played it like three times and I got better each time and I was like really building up a skill set and then I lost again and I was like I can't play this anymore right now. I just can't 
I cannot do I cannot try and get better at this right now because it's just stacking up the number of terrible situations I have to deal with. Right. You know, it's it's a really fascinating game and I strongly recommend it based on how much I'm sounding like I regret ever playing. <laughs> uh it really but it is it's great. It's a mm-hmm. fantastic example. It's someone doing something really really super interesting with a game uh that really almost undercuts a traditional notion of fun. Uh and for once they're undercutting it not by shooting people in the face. I mean, there's a certain amount of terribleness to the whole subject, but you know, it's not like it's not like shoot these people on the face, but now don't you feel bad for shooting them in the face? It's mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing as sort of like obviously reactionary to common tropes as that. It's it's just some guy taking a really good idea that works mechanically, but is also really fantastically troubling once you think about what you're doing. And it's it's neat. It's great. Apparently, I'm this Smirnoff Ice. I tell mm-hmm. you, it's gone now, and I'm feeling so effusive. Uh, yeah, I really iced you. Yeah, you iced me, bro. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, What's the matter, Brosephine? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As, as the right. Tori Amos song about Napoleon goes. I think I think Napoleon Bonaparte and Josephine was his lover or wife or something. Shaking my head. <sighs> See, if someone know. if you if you had known, then I could pretend not to know as little about it as I do, because I'd be like, Yes, yes, that's what I was saying. Right, but, uh, right. No, I'm just going to leave you hanging. In fact, I yeah. might secretly know for all you know. Ah, son of a bitch. And I just want to lay bare. <laughs> um, you laid a bear. So, so, dude, you want to pause there? Bears, ice, and bears. All right, we'll be right back. But your antics make me kind of twitching All too clearly Something strange and sketchy's happening here No, I don't want to cramp your swagger But when it's seven, you start to stagger And I'm toward eleven You look so haggard, I feel I'm going 
knowing well that I must leave yet frozen into place oh I wonder where's my underwear do I leave you one last kiss oh I wonder whether if you'll ever love me love you back and Jesse is uh, using a glass of water I got him to, to rinse the Smirnoff ice from his mouth. I'm not even done with the Smirnoff ice yet. I just need to... <laughs> Cut it just, down? Yeah, I just need to... It congeals on the surface, inside surfaces of my mouth in an uh, altogether pleasant way. Yeah, Smirnoff yeah. ice, the meme that refreshes. Send us money. Send us uh, money. Yeah, that's I, uh, that was a good. That was a good sponsorship <laughs> deal. I took that thousand dollar bribe from Smirnoff to uh, ice Josh on the show. Yeah, that, was, uh, that was good. But they're going to put me in a gulag when I know that I've admitted that. Yep. Um, Never admit it. I mentioned it for a second earlier, but uh, XOXO is just uh, 2014 lineup got announced. Yes. And you are? Did you get a ticket to XOXO? Did you? Yeah. Did you? I did. No. No. I can see your eyes. No, I did. I, oh, did. I did. I did. <laughs> you sounded so and looked so guilty when you said that. I was positive I, you were lying. <laughs> I need Especially to... <laughs> because you felt so shitty last time. You were like, I was going to get one. I was going to get one then, and I didn't. And then, uh, so I just assumed you had done the same. And why would you, why would you, Ari, dart around the room like that I, if I you were telling of, the truth? I was trying to make sure that you weren't lying. <laughs> Part of it. I, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to be like, yeah, I did. Then you're like, no, actually, I didn't. And I was like, no, oh, actually, I didn't, fucker. So thanks. No, just kidding. See, I, I did. see, this is why my eyes, my eyes are doing it again, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate to hurt people. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I got picked in the lottery. I, I need to buy the tickets. I need to double check. There's you a need to filter. buy the tickets right away because it expires yeah, let, and it yeah, gets freed up yeah. to the next person. Basically, what I should do is I should get done with the podcast and go buy the ticket. But, yeah. Uh, Why don't you buy it right on the sh- air? Ah, that's uh, that sounds weird. Okay, maybe that's be weird. Mumble, mumbling for two minutes while I fill out a, a payment form? No. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's a bad. That's good radio. Yeah. I think that would be bad radio. Yes, no, no. I think I think I think, I think what I will do is take advantage of having gotten the option to buy the ticket and mm-hmm. buy the ticket. Uh, we've talked before about con stuff, and I think I expressed regret around last XOXO, um, or or whenever we had Andy on afterwards, um, res- expressed regret about not going because mm-hmm. like it seems like a bunch of p- cool people doing fun stuff. But I also, every time I've gone to a con type thing, I've ended up sort of regretting being there because I'm like, I'm bad at being social when I don't already have a really well-established social connection with someone. And this is a whole bunch of people who I don't know all in the same place and none of them are from Portland and I don't know what's going on. And mm-hmm. so maybe I'll just sort of hide in the corner. And it's a real tension for that. Even now, like like yesterday, I filled it out because Andy was like, uh, yesterday or the day before, you know, it was like, uh 
90 minutes to go. I was like, ah, fuck it. Right. Okay, I'm going to fill it out. I'm going <laughs> to fill it out, and I'm getting there, and maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. And if I do, great. And if I don't, well, that's okay. At least I filled it out. And then I got the email saying, hey, buy a ticket. And then I was like, oh, shit, now I have to actually really make up my mind. And it's it's so weird because it's, it's a thing that it's that conflict between really, really wanting to give something out of something and not knowing if I will. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a problem with XOXO. It's I would imagine that, like, XOXO in particular – it's less likely to be a problem than any other experience I've had along those lines. And certainly it's not like wandering to Austin with 13,000 people, half of whom are uh, SEO motherfuckers. But, uh, but at the same time, it's still intimidating. So I haven't quite pressed the button. I should just go press the button. And you know what? Worst case scenario, uh, it turns out that it still doesn't work for me and I won't you know, sign up for the next one. But uh, but I really fucking should. So yes, that's the situation. I yeah, have a it. ticket. I haven't bought the ticket. I should buy the fucking ticket. But I'm still wrestling with my weird hard time knowing how to. I should really just try and leverage the home court advantage. I'm in fucking Portland. It's in Portland. The home court thing is a thing because it. it I mean, without it, with without having gone to any sort of technology or creative conference before I went to XOXO last year, I didn't really know what to expect. But one of the things was like. I mean, one one of my takeaways from it was, like, I think it would be different if I was going to another city because then I would be at an event, I would be listening to someone talk, I would be trying something out that I hadn't tried out before, I would be, you know, kind of rubbing elbows with somebody or whatever, and then I would go back to the hotel room or I would do some after-hours thing, but I would still be at the con, right, if it was South by Southwest or something, yeah. right? It would still be there. Yeah. But then when it's in Portland, it's so just you like... Just fucking leave. I'm just... Right, I'm like at like, home. I've got the it's entire a normal town day. I can flee to if I need to. Yeah, it's like Which I is, wake up in yeah. my bed and I go... And then I'm like, oh, I should probably head down to the... It's more like the It's more like a, the carnivals in town. Yeah. You just kind of... You're, you're not like at the con... You're yeah. at home, but there's a con you can visit exactly. in and out as kind of as you as you see fit. Yeah. And so it's probably a different experience for people who are coming from out of town. Um, but uh, but even then, it's so it's very you know loose. There's only uh, there's no it's not like a multi track thing where you have to pick between presenters or whatever. Um, and uh, it's just kind of one yeah dip in dip out type of thing. Exactly. So um, so uh, it's it's very low. Stress in that way. If you're it, a local it well, especially. you know, I should fucking do it so I can establish that for myself instead of worrying about not right. liking it by not going to it. So. But you're also right that it's weird to to be at it without you know when you don't really know anyone super well. Like honestly, the whole time, poor Brad, I was just kind of glued to Brad's side, <laughs> yeah, who, no. beca- who I had met doing this show like exactly. an hour before. Hi, Brad. Because he was like the only guy whose name I really knew. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Matt Howie and and, and Andy Bale and 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 them were um were all there, but they were like busy, and of course they have other yeah. people to talk to and stuff. So I just sort of like. Followed Brad around. Exactly. <laughs> um, sorry, Brad, if you're listening to this. I hope I wasn't too. I wasn't uh, tagging along too much on you. But um, I think he was in a similar situation where it was like yeah. you know he knew a couple guys, but not guys who were kind of his conference buddy as much. So yeah. um, uh, that's just my that's my main motivation for well, getting well, you there because I, I like I figure you, I can just guilt can you we, into hanging out with me the whole time. Can, can we just totally be conference buddies? Yeah, because that honestly that makes me feel. Because, like, Andy Andy is awesome, and Andy would totally be a conference buddy as far as that goes, but Andy's running the fucking conference. That's He's going to be a little bit busy. He really, is bit. Your, he really is your conference buddy, though. And well, if you bump into him, you can just be like, hey, oh, it's going sure. great. And he'll just be like, really? What do you like about it? And yeah, he'll just but, be like, you don't have time to have this conversation with me. Give me yeah. a hug and go to whatever exactly. fire He's you're like, trying I, to put I, out. I, I can't latch <laughs> on to him like I'm some sort of lamprey and, like, you know, just right. follow him around for four days. Like, that's not viable. But you and me, buddy. Okay, you just fucking sold me. I don't know why how did we sit here drinking and talking for an hour and a half uh, 
And, uh, well, not an hour and a half yet, but uh, it just feels like an hour. It just, and a half. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it uh, it has so many times turned out to be an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Basically, is what it comes down to. But uh, how did it not occur to me that we could? Yes, that's that's why I was nervous. I could Honestly, be your social anxiety if, if, shield. Exactly. Yeah, if, just... if we're going to break it down, you wonder why my eyes were sort of shifty <laughs> and why I would be like, oh, but what if you're lying? Because because if you weren't going, then that changes the. But but if you are going, shit, mm-hmm. we can. We can be conference buddies. Yeah, we can. <laughs> we feeling... can be the two guys at the party who just show up and only talk to each other. Exactly. The whole party. I, but, and that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm. I just hate being the lopsided half of that setup. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's terrible when the other person wants to talk to other people. It's like, no, but okay, yeah, you go talk, and I'll just stand here really awkwardly for the next three hours. <laughs> that's fine. It's that's okay. You know. So okay, I'll tell you what. Gonna buy my fucking ticket. Yeah. Gonna nail it to the wall. Good. Conference bros. Conference bros. Bros, conference, and bros. Yeah. <laughs> XOXOs, ice, and XOXOs. Yeah. Uh, our boy Matt Bogart guest on a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, we'll also be there. Yay! Oh, yeah, so, yeah. We can be a conference troika. Yeah, if you're a listener and uh, you are at XOXO, I guess. Yeah. And you know what Josh looks I'm sure you don't know what I look like, but if you know what Josh looks like, you can come up to him. Yep. Josh is now established. He's very uh, extroverted and loves conferences. <laughs> loves talking to people. Well, the ironic thing is the, the, the same thing that makes me disinclined to go to a conference because I worry about like not having people to talk to and whatnot makes me actually totally inclined Client for random people to be like, oh, hey, you're that guy who did that thing. I would be like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's talk about it. I like things. You know, it's not that I don't like being talking to people. It's just I don't presume people are going to want to fall into a natural camaraderie. I mean, that's right. what I would say it is. Like, it's, I don't really, I don't really have a problem saying hello to people, but I have a really hard time imposing the presumption of camaraderie on people. Like, that's mingling for people who can just naturally just sort of go there. I'm always impressed when people can be like, oh, and now we're having a conversation that doesn't make me look like a huge douchebag. And I'm like, how do you do that? Because I could do that. I could totally randomly douche my way in a conversation. I could be like, hey, let's all focus on the fact that I'm pointedly interjecting, but let's be okay (laughs) with it. And, you know, some people would be like, I totally get where you're coming from. I also have, you know social awkwardness and anxiety <laughs> let's have this fakey fake conversation that will eventually melt into a normal one but uh but you can't assume that and a lot of people aren't gonna be on that same wavelength i've talked before i think on 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 the program mm-hmm. uh <laughs> have we called the program before on the program Not to my recollection yeah i no. think i might be breaking new ground here i've yeah. talked before on the program the program mm-hmm. about uh about how I like Metafilter meetups. And I like them specifically because it's a relatively low stakes, known quantity group of people who show up and mostly sit around and drink mm-hmm. and then talk. And and nobody is expecting anything out of it other than literally drinking and bullshitting. It's kind of the you know same vibe that I like about our podcast here. You know, and it's lowest possible expectations. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're, you say, let's, uh, let's get a little buzzed and uh, talk about random crap, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's on board with that. And if I, I like feel... to say, let's get a little iced. Yeah, it's true. True. Smear enough <laughs> ice. The meme that refreshes. I'm drawing an R and then a circle around it <laughs> with my finger right now. Maybe a little TM as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think that's the thing for me. So yes, buddy, we're, we're going to, yeah. There was a dap there. There was a straight up fucking dap. That was a real uh, nerdy white boy dap that just happened. 
we we both hurt ourselves a little bit. Yeah, even though there was a lot of force involved. Nursing my wounds. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, Human contact is unfamiliar to got me. You, got you with a wedding ring there, mm-hmm. so a little force multiplier, yeah. if you will. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, you know, shit, I, I, I read a couple books, and I feel like I feel like we should probably wrap up because we've, we've gone a good bit, but I read a couple good books that we mm-hmm. should talk about sometime. Sure. Uh, it's of, pretty It's pretty traditional for the show to find a thing to talk yeah, about around yeah. <laughs> 1 hour 50 exactly. and then wrap up around 1 hour 50. We should really – I should just pretend to be recording <laughs> for the first hour of every show. I should set aside four hours and then we can just say we're going to take two hours exactly. but then secretly leave the tape running for four hours yes. and then cut off that two hours we were pretending was the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. But I will say quick, quick recommendations of things I have enjoyed and we'll discuss further at some point, I'm sure. sure. Uh Red Shirts by John Scalzi, a uh, short science fiction novel about. Uh, well, see, I kind of, I kind of hate to spoil the novel, but uh, it's it's sort of about the tropes of television science fiction mm-hmm. serials, but sort of a deconstructive take on that. And it's a fun, it's a fun, it's a quick read. It's a it's a great sort of thoughtful little meta narrative thing in a lot of ways, and uh, I would say uh, if you if you enjoy Star Trek and enjoy thinking about Star Trek and things like that specifically, uh, give it a read. Red shirts, it's fantastic. Uh, if you feel like thinking more and doing something sort of fancy and academic, uh, I just read a book uh, called How Not to Be Wrong by a guy named uh, Jordan Ellenberg, uh, who is a mephite, mephite uh, Eskabesh. If you read mm-hmm. Metafilter. Um, he's a math professor at uh, University Madison, Wisconsin, I think, um, and also a very good writer. And he wrote this book recently uh, over the last few years. He's gotten it done that is sort of uh, a history of mathematics as uh, a discipline, but also you know more more about a history of how we think about mathematics and how mathematics actually intersects with daily life and with political life. And with a lot of things that aren't clearly, obviously mathematical, you know, it's, it's a it's a great book to read if you're someone who has sort of thought, yeah, but when am I ever going to use this, you know, as a recurring theme? Because mm-hmm. like, you know, when am I ever going to use calculus? Whenever am I going to use algebra? You know, I don't really do math. But then you look at the way we use statistics in popular media and news and culture. You look at the way that some of the ideas behind calculus interplay with how we just deal with reality, how we estimate things how we deal with public policy, you know, the idea of, you know, finding a compromise in how much is too little or too much of something and some of the not-so-great mental models that commonly lead to misrepresentation of those ideas and a bunch of stuff. It's a really great – it's a nice mix of anecdotes about mathematical history and sort of contemporary thinking and culture, and it's a really really nice read, and uh, he wrote a great book, so – uh, those are my. That's the book review corner. Book corner. All right. Bringing it back around. You have anything else right now? No, I. I mean, I. I think I. Because I sort of left the conversation in a half sarcastic, incomplete state. I think I can. Oh well, that's unusual. Yeah, yeah. The um, I think I can. <laughs> that was some good sign language you're using. <laughs> We're eventually gonna. You and I are gonna have a real robust set of invented sign language. We won't even need to talk. We'll just yeah. sit here and make like 
faces See, and the hand only gestures thing that at could each other. Make this show better would be yeah. <laughs> an hour of silence while we sort of shutting, snort and giggle about our nonverbal communication. Um, I think I can speak on both of our behalves by saying. If you are a listener to the show and you saw us at XOXO and that random confluence of Venn diagrams were to happen, uh, we would love if you would say hi to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and also Star Trek. Yeah. That's an endless wellspring of conversational yeah. shit for me, too. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so we'll come back to it when we have a little more time. But uh, I started watching Deep Space Nine on your suggestion. Yay! Um I, uh, me and Aaron guest on the last show, which is as of this recording, still unreleased and still unheard by me. So it might've been a terrible show or it might've been a good show. I don't know. I think it was a good one. Um, I hope he doesn't feel like we're embargoing it or something. Have you explained to him that I'm just terrible? He doesn't know whether it's come out or not because he doesn't listen to shows. Oh, good. Good. He, you know, he and I have that podcast. Fuck that guy. Yeah. (laughs) He and I had that podcast together and he still never heard a single episode of it. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's fine. I I will stop worrying about that. That's a little Um, I can put it off for another couple months now. Right. Talk about social anxiety. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear his own voice. Really? That's really what it is. is yeah. and, I, and I can't blame him because it was it was a big hurdle for me. What's too. wrong with his voice? Um, it's just so <laughs> shitty. I just hate the sound of it. It's so bad. Um, he, but uh, he, he and I have started working on a video game together. And um, uh, in trying to write it, I have found myself veering directly into... Star Trek The Next Generation speak for everything. <laughs> and I'm trying to map out these, like, dialogue trees. And Aaron just right away was like, so is this, like, the game is going to be, like, Star Trek TNG fan fiction or something? And I'm like, no, this is really, like, me trying to write an original thing. But apparently I'm just so indoctrinated into Next Generation. Just It's just what's always on in my house. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I just put it on when I'm going to sleep, or I just put it on when I don't need something to pay attention yeah. to, because it's just so reassuring. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I was really... I was surprised when I first started working on LARP Trek how easily some of the TNG-isms came. T- TNG-isms. <laughs> huh? That's a, that's a good accident right there. A happy accident. Yuck. Uh, Riker. Uh, yeah, no, no. It's, it's interesting. There is such a there is such a tone to the patter of the show. There is such a sort of way of being that the dialogue of that show has. Yeah, and it's, you know, not that it wasn't creative and took, you know, weird risks with the writing to some extent, but... Still, it's more the better part of it is the familiarity and the when they don't take risks, and it's just like, yep, this is a next generation episode. Yep. Yeah, I can completely see everything that's going to happen over the next 20 minutes. Yeah, there, the first there are no recessive genes on display <laughs> at all in this show's phenotype, and if um, you will, which is so, yeah, the more scientifically didn't... robust than most of the things that actually get said. <laughs> In a lot of TNG episodes. I just didn't realize how much it had steeped into my own just, like, style of, like... Because it's a, you know, it's a story on a spaceship with an alien. Yeah. And it's like, it just... Well, it's, it's a it's a pretty right strong, uh, yeah, influence yeah. there. Yeah, well, someone asked, someone on Twitter said they, um, they there should just be a ch- channel that's just 24 hours of business as usual aboard the Starship Enterprise, yes. Star Trek Next Generation. Yes. Like, like there's the fireplace channel around the holidays. They exactly. should just have that for Next Generation. I, I, I feel like... I would probably never turn it off. I feel like in 10 years, uh, natural language generation gimmicks will improve enough. Because uh, I don't think I don't think language generation as like a, a genuine sort of like AI thing is going to improve significantly in 10 years. But I think our tricks for getting sort of like 50% of the way there... 
will improve with effort. And I think uh, CGI rendering will continue to improve. And I think basically we could end up with procedurally generated dull moments mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. Like there's a lot of very routine random bullshit that you could generate in high fidelity on the fly for something like next generation. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that's happening when the interesting stuff isn't happening would be very, very generatable. And, you know, it's, it, it would be slightly more interesting to watch it happening on the enterprise and watching it happen in a random cubicle, but it'd be the exact same principle. Mm-hmm. Like it would not be that hard to simulate someone with a boring desk job, make it a boring desk job in space. And all of a sudden you've got a weird cult, uh, TV channel. So, yeah, I really like that. I, I'm I'm getting actively excited about this. Yeah, think yeah. It's, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Yeah, there is. You can get on YouTube like ten hours of Enterprise ship hum. Yes, if you just want that. Yes, I found that. Like in the background while you're working, it's yes. actually sort of weirdly soothing. I couldn't take too much of it, but it's, yeah, it's, I, maybe I, if I, I turn it down a little bit. Maybe, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah. Anyways, that seems like a stopping point. Yeah. Okay. The, all the things we could have talked yeah, about in And maybe we'll remember next time, or maybe we won't. You won't know until you tune in next time to the crapshoot. Radio voice. <laughs> That's a 98.3.com. The sauce. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Until next time, ice you later. Ice you later, bro. Ice you later. <laughs> Broned and Jaden. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.